You are Locked On 76ers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia 76ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. Happy Friday to you. It's Black Friday. It's uh, November the 23rd. Man, today, you know, I think I'm going to take a little different format today. You know, I'm just going to talk about Markel, folks. Um, you know, I'm going to leave some room, you know, so the sponsors could give their ads. But instead of, like, I'm going to do three different segments, but instead of breaking them down to three different topics, I'm just going to continuously talk about this Markel Folk situation. Just give my thoughts. Um, you know, but, wow. You know, it's hard. Like, you don't know where to start. You know, the thing is, you ask yourself, who do you blame? You know, who's the cause of this situation? Um, do the 76ers deserve some of the blame? I think they do. I really do. I think the 76ers deserve some of the blame. And my reasoning is because I feel like the 76ers... Tried to protect him. Now, again, I get it. You're going to protect your guy. But I think they're protecting of Markel folks in a way led to this. Now, you have to protect your guy. I get it. But when you talk to people and just by you observing what's going on, we all know that is mental. Now, yes, he's going to go see a doctor. He's going to see a shoulder specialist now, and they're saying his wrist is messed up. We talked about that yesterday. But when you go out there and you basically, you know, you say that it's a shoulder, after a while, I think a guy starts to believe that. Now, again, we talked about this yesterday. I spoke to a lot of people, and I've come to the conclusion, and people have told me this, that Markel folks saw a lot of doctors checking out his shoulder. And none of them found anything wrong with it. Now he comes out and he says he has pain. But no one, no one found anything. Will I be surprised if this upcoming doctor finds something? No, I won't. Because when you see enough doctors, someone's going to find something. But whatever he has, has not prevented him from playing basketball. And what if, think about it. Think about last year when uh, I believe we were in San Antonio, the Sixers were in San Antonio on one of their West Coast trips. And Markel kept, like, trying to throw the weave the ball backwards. Like he was standing um, near the foul line and he would heave the ball backwards all the way to the other end of the uh, the court. And he took some several attempts and one of them he switched it. And I was thinking to myself, well, man, if this guy seriously has a shoulder problem, there's no way in heck that he would be doing this. No way in heck that they will allow him to do this 
after a shoot-around. That's what it was, a shoot-around. He didn't play in that game. He was one of those 68 games in a row that he missed. You know, but when we go back and we think about it, you know, it's, 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 it's one of those things where you don't want to come out and say that one of your star players has a mental problem or mentally he thinks that he can't play. It just doesn't look good. I mean, let's face it. When he was drafted, he was supposed to be the link to go with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I mean, everyone said that there was one player in this draft who can come in and have a seamless transition to the two and play alongside Ben Simmons. That was Markel Fultz. And when you look at the history of the Sixers past drafts where, you know, some of these guys just didn't live up to it, a lot of these guys were injured, the hype, it will look bad if you say, hey, we traded up two spots to flip with the Boston Celtics. We gave up a pick to get someone who has an issue right now. At first, they tried to play through it. His agent comes out and says what he says. That made the Sixers come out and say, hey, he has a shoulder injury. But it was a, a, a scapular muscle imbalance. So we go there. Next thing you know. Next thing you know. The timeline for him to return to play comes up. Markel doesn't play. He's working out with a, a trainer that his agent set up for him. He's not practicing with the team, but he's with a trainer. And then next thing you know, we keep asking Brett Brown all these questions about how come Markel Fox isn't playing. What do you have to see? Why are you holding them back? Now, granted, the 76ers were starting to get things together. And then finally, Brett Brown comes out and says, you know what? It's Markel Fox's decision to play. All along, the 76ers were protecting this kid, saying that we don't want to. I mean, it's up to us. Now, again, I believe there was a certain point, a certain stage where, you know, Brown said he had to show him something, you know, in order to get on the floor. But I, but then it became evident that Markel was the one who was going to make decision on playing when he came back. Soon after Brett Brown made that statement, a couple of days later, or the next day, two days, I know it was very close, we find out that Markel folks is about to play. So you can look at it like the Sixers have been protecting them for a while. A long time. Now again, we look at where we are now. So the 76ers have been protecting of this guy. This guy still says that he has shoulder problems. He has issues with his shoulder. Now the team is saying, 
I think the shoulder is good enough to play. All he's having is like the normal bumps and bruises. These bumps and bruises should not affect how he's playing on the floor. Oh, I didn't know anything about his shoulder problem. Now, again, as I said, when you say last year that someone has a shoulder problem, and again, he's diagnosed as something as something that didn't affect him to stay off the floor as long as he did. What happens is, in the guy's mind, everything goes back to the shoulder. So instead of saying, hey, I got to get right, I have to get my mind right, it's more like, hey, I got to get my shot right, I have to get my shoulder right. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do this. I have to do that. But you're never really correcting the thing that really needs to be corrected, which is you got to get in the right state of mind. Now, another issue that I had was I don't think the Sixers should have started Markel, folks. This season, you know, I know there was a lot of hype, a lot of talk about these videos that we didn't see this summer. Right. You know, or I shouldn't say videos. We said we didn't see Markel. All I know is a couple months ago, let's let's go back to the end of the season where Brett Brown goes. He comes out and he says, hey, I want Markel folks to play in summer league. Right. I want Markel folks to go and play in summer league. And then he goes to California and he sees him work out and he comes back and he says, you know what? I think that we're going to get more bang for our buck with him working out with Drew Hanlon as opposed to going to summer league. So after we take this quick break, I'm going to come back and talk to you guys about that. So I'm back. Thank you for for listening to that advertisement. But so when Brett Brown comes back, he's, his whole attitude changes, right? He says, you know what, y'all? We just feel like Markel needs to continue to work with Drew Hanlon. We're going to get more bang for our buck. Everything is great. You know, we feel like he's working, he's doing well, he's he's improving. So then all of a sudden, Summer League comes. Markel shows up at the Summer League. You know, seems to be in the right state of mind, but he doesn't play, but he's there. And then that Brett Brown talks about, I think he's going to have a hell of a season. Drew Hanlon comes out and says, if he's healthy, he's going to be an all-star. Still don't see any videos. Then all of a sudden, next thing you know, the day before the game, the day before, excuse me, uh, before media day, we see videos of uh, Markel making shots. They were going in, but they didn't look good. So much so that they got criticized on TV. 
Isaiah Thomas had a field day with it. Right? Laughing at the form. Saying it was an ugly shot. All of them, right? He, Isaiah and Kevin McHale. But Markel put in all this time. So anyway, he's the shot is jacked. But he's in the starting lineup. Now, you can make an argument that the reason why he started is because someone above Brett Brown basically said, look, we got to see what this guy has. You have to start him. He was the first overall pick in the draft. Yes, J.J. Redick is better than him, but J.J. is on a one-year deal. Markel, we have to see what his future is. I mean, we have to see what he has in the future. If we can move forward on him, you, with him, you have to start him. Personally, I would have brought Markel off the bench. I would have given him, you know what I mean, given him like a little low, a little bit of a clock, run, burn, whatever you want to call it. And as he improved, I would have gradually increased it. Now, if he would have played at such a high level, then next thing you know, I would have said, you know what? Markel is part of our future. It's time to play him. We have to play him. We love J.J., but we have to play Markel. Now, I'm, I'm talking about after he showed me improvement. Then I would have moved him in the starting lineup. But see, what happens is you start a guy before he's ready. All that does is open him, the guy, up for criticism. It gives the guy also false hope to whereas once you do take him out of the starting lineup, he's going to have a negative reaction to it. He's going to feel betrayed. He's going to feel his hand. Now, let's get it right. He was a token starter. I mean, he was only starting. He would start the game the first five minutes, and from that point on, he would basically become Ben Simmons' backup. He didn't start the second half of games. You know, Brett Brown kept saying, I'm going to leave it open, you know, I'm, um, to win. I, I think I'm going to make this move. But I also feel like if you didn't make that, if you didn't start him in the beginning, you really wouldn't have to say that I'm about to make a move, right? I don't think it would have drew any criticism. And I'm going to be quite honest with you. It would have been drew more criticism from from the folks' supporters if his agent didn't, like, basically say, hey, I'm taking him out of games right now. Because, see, what happens is that kind of saved Brett Brown from the people who felt like Markel wasn't getting a fair shake. But I never felt like Markel should have started. I always felt like this would have a negative effect. Because, let's face it, you look at it, you see the game. And as much as Markel Folks has a brighter future than T.J. McConnell, than Landry Shamit, than Furkan Korkmaz, offensively, they give the 76ers a better chance to win. The Sixers, their reason for playing him or their thing was they kept saying we're trying to grow him and they would talk about his defense. Now, look. When Markel Folks gets the ball and he's in open, open, uh, open floor, he can get to the rim. Another thing is Markel has been effective playing point guard, you know, when he's not on the floor with Ben Simmons as far as feeding his teammates. However, when he's in the starting lineup alongside 
Ben Simmons. As we all said, it was bad. So, the Sixers would have been better off, in my opinion, bringing him off the bench initially. But what happened is you had, while he was playing, you had several Markel supporters saying, why don't you keep him in? Why are you doing him like this? How come, you know, how come he doesn't get minutes? And then you have the other people who were saying, this is horrible. This is terrible. This is bad. You need to play TJ. Why can't you start Landry? And if you want to bring JJ off the bench, why don't you start Landry? And how come he's getting more minutes than Furkan when Furkan can make a shot? Right? So you ask, you, you talk about all those different things and you say to yourself, like, wow, you know, this is bad. But again, the agent basically bailed Brett Brown out. Brett Brown doesn't have to answer these questions. He doesn't have to do anything. But now we get to this point. On Monday, like I said earlier, Markel is going to go see a doctor, a specialist. He's going to say, he's going to see if his shoulder is okay. Now, this isn't the first time that he's going to see a specialist. Before, no one said that anything was wrong, right? They sent him to ones over and over again. No one said anything was wrong. We'll talk about that after this commercial break. So no one said anything was wrong, right? No one said any no one said anything was wrong. So what happens is What happens is when you think back to all the times when you were saying it was the shoulder, you were saying that it was, um, you were saying that, you know, the, 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 you were taking up, making it seem like you were the one trying to, I mean, let's say they protected Markel. They were taking up for him, trying to make it seem like, you know, it wasn't his decision. It was your, it was the team's decision. Then you come to now. You get Jimmy Butler. You have three stars. You keep saying how much you care about Markel. But Markel's shot didn't get any better. Soon when Jimmy Butler came on the team, the time to win now is now. You, as far as, it's either you can produce or you're going to get left behind. That's the reality of it. And if you say, we're going to bring keep Markel in here, when everyone else in that locker room, even though they love Markel, but if you say that we're going to keep Markel in here, and we're going to keep starting them, you, you can possibly lose the team. You could possibly lose a fan base because people want to win. And now you have Markel, and I'm feeling like, hey, I'm getting a bad shake. 
before you said you were going to be patient with me. You said I was your guy. And now I'm about to lose my position, my backup point guard position to TJ McConnell. All this could have been alleviated. All of it. You know, it's kind of like, you know how like when you want to protect someone and you want to take care of that person and you hope and you pray that everything is going to be alleviated, everything's going to be solved. Like, you know, like for instance, you said like, oh yeah, he has scapular muscle imbalance. The hope was that everything was going to work out. So when December did come, he was going to play. Well, he didn't. It's kind of like this summer when Brett Brown said his shot was together. You're hoping and you're praying that he's with. And don't get me wrong, he has good days and he has bad days. But it's kind of like the hope was that by the time the season starts, he's going to have his shot together. Well, he didn't. So with that said, you have to blame some of this. You have to blame people within the organization as well. All they had to do is just come out straight and say it. Now, again, I know that's tough to do. But you got to spread the blame on the team as well. Thank you for listening and have a great day. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.